to grow as much as it has, but as I have studied it more and more, I've seen the growing need and how it applies to our current American church culture. And so there are some things that are addressed here, directly and indirectly, that are again bearing themselves out in modern culture, and I've decided we will not shy away and avoid them. Jeremiah chapter number 6, and again, let's pick it up in verse number 15. The Bible says, Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. And you're in a scary place when you can get in sin and not feel any shame. And they didn't blush, which means there was no embarrassment. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please again anoint this service and this message with your Holy Spirit power. I pray that you would fill me, guide me and direct me and help me, Lord, to say only what you would have me to say, but not to be afraid to say the things that your Scripture make clear. I pray that you would solidify some things in our hearts and minds this evening. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name. And amen. You can be seated. American culture as a whole has come upon a time where the sin that used to once be frowned upon and embarrassing is now widely and openly paraded before our eyes and before our ears. I remember hearing a story of a man years ago that I personally knew. He told me this story. He said when he, he remembers when he was a young man that uh, when TV was first becoming a thing, that they had the TV on one evening and he said that, I don't remember, some of you can maybe help me, I can't remember if it was the Temptations or who it was, but it was a female singing group uh, back in the early days of rock and roll, and that they were bearing their midriffs while they were singing. He said that came up on that black and white television, and he said when his grandmother walked through, now his grandmother, not him, but his grandmother, when his grandmother walked through and saw what was on the television, he said she gasped and turned her head away and began to cry, Oh my! Oh my! Oh. How far we have come. Now it's on every Disney movie and even more than that. And it has begun to creep into our churches this lasciviousness. And listen to this preacher. When we get to the point where we're not embarrassed about the things that God says are sin. 
then we become calloused and cold towards the things of God's Word. And if you find yourself in a calloused state towards any sin, please listen to me, it will lead to other sins. Because to become callous towards one thing means you have quenched the Holy Spirit to the point that that does not bother you. And if you are quenching the Holy Spirit, then you will be able to move past Him in other areas of your life. It's a dangerous thing. Now, the Bible tells us that the children of Israel were worshiping and mingling their worship with the worship of other gods. Now, I want you to look at it again with me, please, in Jeremiah chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Jeremiah chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Now, what does this have to do with blushing? Well, you'll see it here in just a little bit, and we're going to look at a lot of Scripture here tonight, but I want you to stay with me while we look at multiple passages and listen as we learn multiple things about these gods that they were worshiping. Jeremiah chapter number 3 And verse number 1, the Bible says, They say, if a man put away his wife, and she go from him, and become another man's, shall he return again uh, unto her again? Shall not that land be greatly polluted? But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, yet return again to me, saith the Lord. Don't you love the fact that God, no matter how far you go, and no matter how wicked you have become, He's still pleading with you to return to Him. Verse number 2, Lift up thine eyes, under the high places, and see where thou hast not been lying with. In the ways hast thou sat for them, as the Arabians in the wilderness, and thou hast polluted the land with thy whoredoms and with thy wickedness. Therefore the showers have been withholden, and there hath been no latter rain, and thou hadst a whore's forehead. Thou refusest to be ashamed. Now listen, some preachers will avoid some of these terms, but I I, I won't avoid them. Now I'll, I'll try my best not to accentuate them, but... I don't believe that we should apologize for what is preserved in God's Word. And part of the issue with preaching today is that some preachers are uh, afraid to bring up certain issues in church. And as a result, the world is bombarding you with all of their wicked thinking, but the preachers aren't allowed to say anything. And so there's no counteraction to what you're hearing and seeing. So I will be one of those preachers that is not afraid to counteract what you are hearing and seeing. I believe that the things we'll study tonight are probably preventative for most, if not all. But I believe that it is within God's timing to deal with some of these matters, and I hope that if it is preventative, that it will prevent some, whether young or old. I I hope that if it is convicting, that you will repent of it this evening and get some of these things right. Now the Bible tells us that the showers have been withholding, and this is not something that I've dealt with at length, but we have to understand that the Lord told His people that one of the things He would do when they got into sin, listen to me now, is that He would, with, he would withhold the rain, and that He would send famine upon the land, and that there would be no growth, and that the crops would not have any fruit, and that if they would repent, then He would heal the land. Are, are you with me? And one of the things that we're starting to see in America is that in some of these places where sin has been left to run rampant out west, they have been experiencing a lot of drought over the past few years. 
and we're starting to see our food supplies drying up, and what we are producing for ourselves, we have been shipping to China and other countries, and then inexplicably importing all of their stuff for ourselves. And now we find out that just with a war in Ukraine, that some of the supplies that we were receiving and some of the goods that we were receiving and some of the food that we were receiving was coming straight out of Russia, and now the cost of goods is skyrocketing because we import more than we actually produce for ourselves. I don't know why I'm thinking that maybe the guy that came before this one had it right when he was thinking that we should become independent upon our own food sources and our own energy. And there is a scheme to try to get the American economy to become dependent upon the government and upon certain economic means in order to survive. It's a rabbit trail, I'll move on. But the children of Israel, one of the reasons why they could no longer blush, listen to me, is because their worship had become so perverted that the things that they were worshiping and the ways that they were worshiping was beginning to change their mind about the wickedness that was going on in the world. And we're going to look at that this evening in detail. Now, the Bible says that they were supposed to lift up their eyes to the high places and see where, that had been, where they had not been lying with. In other words, where they had not committed spiritual whoredom against God. Now, skip down with me to verse number 6. Jeremiah chapter 3, look at verse number 6. The Lord said unto me in the days of who? Josiah the king. Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? She has gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree, and there hath played the harlot. And I said, after she, she had done all these things, turn thou unto me, but she returned not, and her treacherous sister, sister Judah saw it. And I saw, when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce, yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. Do you see that? Now what is he saying? Now I covered this I think in week number one. But in other words what he is saying is that they were committing adultery against God by worshiping other gods in all of these high places and under all the green trees. They had idols and things set up and they were worshiping them. Now where did these things come from? How did Israel go from wandering through the wilderness and being a, a blessed child of God to then becoming this nation who has mingled all of their worship with God, with the worship of all of these false idols in all of these other places. And what kind of idols were they? It's kind of interesting to notice. And so I want you to listen as we look at some of these passages concerning the idols that they were worshiping. Now, look at Deuteronomy chapter number 12 very quickly. Go backwards in your Bibles and go to Deuteronomy chapter number 12. Deuteronomy chapter number 12. Now stay with me, please. Deuteronomy chapter number 12. And look at verse number 2. God told the children of Israel before they went into the promised land, the Canaan land. He told them in verse number 2, Ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess serve their gods upon the what? High mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree. Do you see that? And ye shall overthrow their what? Altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire, and ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods, and destroy the names of them out of that place. Ye shall not do so unto the Lord your God. Do you see that? You know what he just said? He said, you will not mingle your worship of me 
with the worship of these gods in these high places and under these trees that these other, that these other people in the Canaan land are worshiping. So, he said, before you take the promised land, you're going to see all of these idols, you're going to see all these high places set up, and I want you to destroy it all, and don't you dare do that to me to mingle my worship with their worship. All right, are you with me? Now, remember in Jeremiah chapter number 3, the Bible says that this was during the days of which king? Josiah, right? Now let's look at the reign of Josiah and let's learn a little bit more about these gods that he was warned against and that he himself took to destroy. 2 Kings chapter number 23. 2 Kings chapter number 23. Now stay with me, I'm going somewhere with this. You're going to see the correlation with modern culture. 2 Kings chapter number 23 and look at verse number 1. Now here is Josiah. 2 Kings 23 and verse number 1. And the king sent... And they gathered unto him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him, and the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. So remember, he finds the book. Remember, you probably heard messages preached on that. I found the book. They find the book. It is read before Josiah. Josiah falls under conviction, and he says, everybody needs to hear this. So they read it before all the people. Verse number 3, And the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all their heart and all their soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people stood to the covenant. So he made a covenant and said, we're going to fix the things that the Word of God says we've got wrong. And all of the people said that they would stand with him. Let's skip down here uh, to, well, hold on. No, we have to. Look at verse number 4. Now we get into it. And the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest and the priests of the second order and the keepers of the, of the door to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for who? And for what? For the grove and for all the what? And he burned them without Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried the ashes of them unto Bethel. Who was Baal? And what was he exactly? And what was the worship of him? Now, according to Canaanite mythology, this is a Canaanite god that they did not destroy. Remember we saw that in Deuteronomy that they were supposed to destroy these gods? This was one of the Canaanite gods that they did not destroy. According to Canaanite mythology, Baal was the son of El. He was the chief god. And uh, he, Baal's sister was Ashtoreth, which you'll read about here in just a minute. The Canaanites worshipped Baal as the sun god and as the storm god. He was usually depicted holding a lightning bolt. He defeated enemies and produced crops and helped you reproduce. They worshipped him as a fertility god who provided children. Now listen to me. Baal worship was rooted in sensuality and involved ritualistic prostitution in the temples. And at times to appease their false god, it required human sacrifice, usually the firstborn of the one that was making the sacrifice. Turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter number 19. Jeremiah chapter number 19. Very quickly, Jeremiah chapter number 19. And look at verse number 5. They have built also the high places of Baal, 
to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings unto Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. Did you catch that? Now listen, listen to this preacher this evening. One of the correlations with society today is that we may not be bowing down physically to idols or taking our firstborn to an altar to sacrifice their life. By the way, the way they would do this was mind-boggling. It suggested that Baal and some of the altars that were constructed by other names but were still the, the idol of Baal, that what they had was that they had a idol with a man that had a bull's head and a hole in his abdomen. That hole had arms that would stretch out to the abdomen and they would, they would climb up to this, this uh, altar and to this idol and they would place their babies into that circle in his abdomen and set a fire underneath the altar and then they would beat their drums loud enough that they would not hear the cries of their babies while they burned at that altar. Now, what's this have to do with modern culture? It's amazing to me that as we water down who God is and what should and should not be allowed to be worshipped in our churches, and while we allow all kinds of symbolism and wickedness into our churches, one of the things that is now being cried out by a whole bunch of churches at this very moment against this possible case that is supposed to be decided in the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade, which I doubt will ever happen, by the way. I know that the opinion came out that they said that it would happen, but I think that this was all a hit job in order to pressure them not to do it, and they're not going to do it. America's too far gone. But now we've got churches that are beating the drum of abortions rights. And while we give ourselves over to more sensuality as they did with the worship of Baal, and as we allow more and more sensual clothing, more sensual movements, more sensual worship into our churches, and our churches become more and more steeped with a sexual atmosphere, they're going to need more room to have inappropriate relationships and kill their children. Because if you want to live that loose lifestyle, you're going to be having children. And if they want to continue living that loose, loose lifestyle, they're going to have to find a way to excuse themselves to be able to live loosely and sleep with whoever they want, and then by the ordination of the church, so-called, have the right to abort that baby. And if you all haven't been paying attention to the headlines, there are all kinds of churches that are coming out and backing up this pro-choice movement. Is everybody okay? Now, that was the god Baal. The Bible also tells us there in Jeremiah, or well, let's see, hold on, hold on. Go back to 2 Kings, I'm sorry. So we were looking at, remember these are the days of Josiah in Jeremiah chapter number 3. Now, I want you to go back to 2 Kings. We looked at Baal. Let's look at the other gods that Josiah had to destroy. 2 Kings chapter number 23, we looked at Baal. Now look at some of the others. 
in verse number 5. I want you to look at the bottom portion of verse number 5. They also burned incense unto Baal, and to the sun, and to the moon, and to the planets, and to all the host of heaven. I don't know if you're noticing this or not, but there's a whole lot of this symbolism that is showing up in a lot of these worship services. These gods and goddesses of the sun and of the moon and of the planets and a whole lot of attention is being put on the skies. Now, I don't want to get too weird with you here, but you ever notice that a whole lot of Hollywood's movement over the past many years has been towards looking into the skies for the aliens that are to come? And did you notice that not long ago in Trump's presidency that the Navy came out and admitted that they have had uh, dealings in some way with these unidentified flying objects. Now, they've got video of some of this stuff, and some people say it's fake. The Navy says that it's absolutely real. Everything is moving towards these things showing up from the skies and appearing out of nowhere from the stars and from the heavens and beginning to create a relationship with mankind. Now, if you look at ancient high, uh, uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics and some of the older colon, uh, uh, not colonies, some of the older civilizations uh, in the ancient days, you'll notice that they also talked about many of the same things, that there were some kinds of that were coming down from the heavens and that they were worshiping these beings. Now, listen to this preacher this evening. I personally believe that what we are seeing is a slow and steady reprogramming of the minds to get back to some of this God worship that was taking place in the early days of civilization and for the purpose and intent of of trying to explain away the rapture and a lot of other things that will take place one day by saying, possibly anyway, aliens. And as these creatures that are also known as demons manifest themselves in the appearance of aliens and things of that nature, I think that they have, at times in history caused people to worship their false gods by manifesting themselves in all kinds of different ways. Satan has turned himself into an angel of light, right? You look into the book of Job, and the Bible refers to angels as stars. And I believe that Satan has warped and perverted the Scriptures to cause people to believe that maybe we should be looking to communicate with these things that are coming from the heavens. Why? If for no other reason than to communicate with demons and devils and to begin to worship the heavens again. The powers of the sun, moon, and the stars. Now, let's keep moving on. Look at verse number... Where do I need to go? I lost my place. Where are these other ones? Here we go. Look at verse number 13 of 2 Kings chapter number 23. Now remember, remember, the high places are referred to in the book of Jeremiah. Now look, look at verse number 13. The high places that were before Jerusalem, which were on the right hand of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon the king of Israel had builded for Ashtoreth, the abomination of the Zidonians, and for Chemosh, the abomination of the Moabites, and for Milcom, the abomination of the children of Ammon, did the king defile. Now, here's what happened. Remember when Solomon 
had all these wives and concubines. Remember what the Bible said about this? The Bible says that because of his many different wives that had all of these different gods, then he began to adopt their gods and began to worship them and set up places where they could be worshipped. Is everybody okay? Now, what they're telling us here is how that these things came into Israel through Solomon bringing them in because of his many wives. Now, who are these gods? Now, look at it again. Uh, the Bible says, which Solomon, the king of Israel, had builded for Ashtoreth. Now, who in the world is Ashtoreth? She was seen as a goddess, also, just like Baal, of fertility. Of uh, sensual love and war. She was known as the queen of heaven. Her worshipers engaged in the most, as they put it in the Bible dictionary, in the most impure rites when they would worship her. It is suggested that they would have, with those impure rites, a lot of wickedness and lasciviousness before her altar. Chemosh, or Chemosh, who is this? I want you to look at verse number 13. The Bible says, uh, 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 and... Uh, uh, which Solomon, the king of Israel, had builded for Ashtoreth, the abomination of the Zidonians, and for Chemosh, the abomination of the Moabites. His name, they believe, means destroyer or fish god, which is kind of strange. Until you consider the fact that um, a lot of the Marvel and DC movies are pushing these gods that come from the sea and come from the sky and come from the sun and the... Now listen, if you watch Thor, then fine. I'm not going to be your friend real fast here, so I better be really careful. But what it is doing is it's dumbing down our distaste for false gods and making it humorous while they do it. Shall we just close up the service now because I made everybody mad? Now listen, if, pre if preachers didn't stand up every so often and try to pull people back to the right, listen, you, culture needs somebody who stands completely opposite of where the world is heading. If, if, you, if, if you want preachers that will just tickle your ears, then you're part of the one world movement. But as, as hard as the world is pulling against you to go this direction and to dumb down your feelings towards all of these false gods and all of these images and all of the sexuality that they put in these things, well, we fast forward past that part. But who had to watch it to fast forward past it? Well, it's not too bad, except every woman in these Marvel movies has painted on clothing, and you can see every curve she's got. Every woman in these DC movies has painted on clothing or revealing clothing, but hey, we American Christians, we're okay with this. I think it's funny when we, when we hear that Chamash was the fish god. 
But then we realize that we're going to the theaters and watching Aquaman. And this, this Amber Heard chick that I guess now is, is uh, you know, it's been all over the news, her court case with Johnny Depp. I don't even know who she was, but I guess they took all of her stuff off of Aquaman. Well, good for them, I guess. I don't know. I've never seen it. You know what? While I'm far enough down this route, I might as well stay on it. And Star Wars too. You know, the whole thing is steeped in Eastern mysticism and, and, and the force is this entire idea that was the sun, moon, and stars worship and all the planets, that there was this cosmic energy that only certain people could wield. And George Lucas admits that when he came up with the force, that it was a compilation of all of the world religions. Go read it. I'm not, I'm not making stuff up. Go check it out for yourself. Now, look at this preacher. Okay, I probably offended some people a few weeks ago when I said every now and then I might listen to a little old southern gospel. Well, now I'm about to offend probably a few more because of what I just said. I have watched Star Wars. And as you know, my kids still watch it. But what I'm saying is if we're not careful with all of this stuff, Christians are allowing more and more and more open doors to more and more and more wickedness. And over time, we are slowly being worn down to accept things that we never would have accepted before. You know, you say, why do you have to tell us those things? Because I don't want to be inconsistent, that's why. Well, preacher was preaching about this, but I heard his son talking about Star Wars the other day. Yeah, he was. And I tell him not to do that at church. <laughs> but can I say this? If you watch that stuff without any filter and you are not skipping anything, that's not okay. There ought to be things in all of this stuff coming out of Hollywood that bothers God's people. Because they're not exactly flattering to Christianity. They don't exactly like us. Or our God. And no Christian should ever be totally comfortable with what the world is putting out and just having it, letting it have free reign in our homes. Now, can we all take a little bit of a deep breath? I'm not going to read this to you, but there is a part of an old poem written by John Milton entitled Paradise Lost. Do not go look that up later, young people. Of course, now that I said it, you will. I have not read the entire poem. I just know what part of it says as I was studying some of this. He refers to Chemosh as a god whom the Israelites worshipped with, I'm rewording this, Lustful group relationships, lascivious rituals, and he calls him in his poem the obscene dread of Moab's sons. Are we getting a picture a little bit of what Israel was doing on these high places?
one more. Uh, look at it here again in verse number 13. We see Ashtoreth, we see Chemosh, and we see Milcom, the abomination of the children of Ammon. Now, it is believed that Milcom, I, as much study as I did on, on this God, the only thing I could find is that everybody believes him to be the same as Moloch or Molech. Now, Moloch and Molech were the gods that Israel was, besides Baal, also sacrificing their children on the altar to. Often when we refer to child sacrifice, we refer to the god Molech. Are you with me? Because that is the one that we are most familiar with. Now, we're going to look at it's something else here. We're still, are you still in 2 Kings 23 with me? We're about done. Skip backwards now. So I skipped a few verses because I wanted to get to the gods here that are mentioned. Baal, Ashtoreth, um, Chemosh, and, 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 and uh, Milcom or, or Molech. Now I want you to go back to what Josiah was doing to rid the nation of these things. Look at verse number 6. And he brought out the grove from the house of the Lord without Jerusalem under the brook Kidron, and burned it at the brook Kidron, and stamped it small to powder, and cast the powder thereof upon the graves of the children of the people. Why would he do that? Because there are graves of these children. And when Josiah got convicted about what Israel had been doing, he takes these idols and these groves, and he burns them to ashes, and he spreads them over their graves, the graves of their own children to express to them what has happened. And here's maybe what we're not understanding. Now listen to this preacher. The more loose and accepting we become of the world's gods, the more we lose our children to all of the humor of it while they watch their cool PG-13 movies. And while the church brings all this stuff into the church, And what's happening is little by little, they're being sold off and sacrificed on the altar of our entertainment. Because what one adult can control in their conscience, because you've had the experience of years and the maturity of your spiritual walk, maybe to not allow that to affect you too much, they don't have those same guidelines and filters. And so as they are exposed to it at a younger age, each generation is being sacrificed at those same altars that we're being entertained by. Now, in verse number 7, the Bible says, And he brake down the houses of the what? Sodomites that were by the house of the Lord where the women wove hangings for the grove. Now wait a minute. How in the world did the Sodomites get to the point where they were building their houses up against the temple? To the point that Josiah is so bothered by this that he now has to tear down their houses and not allow it to happen anymore. Now listen to this preacher. I never thought I'd see a day where the Christian church, especially not the Baptist church, was accepting of sodomy. and was warm towards it. But here's what's happening, and what will happen. 
as we lose some of our young people at the altars that we've sacrificed them at, and they go out into the world and start creating their own religion and mingling all of the world's junk with their own form of their own religion, which is what a whole bunch of them are doing right now. They don't like what they've heard from us and what they've been preached to what they've had preached to them for all of these years, maybe partially because of the inconsistency in the home. Preacher preaches one thing, but they do something different at home. And then they see, well, mom and dad don't really mean it. They say amen, but then we go home and we do all kinds of stuff that the preacher says we shouldn't do. So they don't mean it, so whatever they had wasn't real, so they go searching for whatever is real. And what do they find out there? They find the world's religion mingled with Christianity, and they find things like churches that are now putting up their Pride Month flags on Facebook. And they start listening to some of these highly intelligent orators who can twist the Bible just expertly enough to try to prove to somebody that as a Christian, if you're truly a loving person, then you will love all people no matter what race, gender, or lifestyle they are. And then they'll say, yeah, that's right, because God is love. Huh? It's happening now. And we're losing some young people in our churches to sodomy because they don't understand what they're doing to themselves and what it really is. Now, how in the world did they get there where they were so accepting of the sodomites that they were allowing them to begin to build their houses right next to the temple and be a part of everything that they were doing? How do you get there? First of all, we see that the door was opened through them opening the doors to all of these other gods. And do you know that the majority of the gods that the children of Israel worship, listen to me, the majority of them were sexual in nature. Are you listening? Now listen to this preacher. If we're not careful, what we allow and some of this stuff opens the door to other things that we never intended. And while they just thought that they were just going to maybe continue to worship God, go to the temple and worship the Lord, but also do a few things outside of the house of God, out in the groves and in the high places and in all these places, what ended up happening was as they opened the door to all these other gods, it began to steep them in sexual addiction. And as they became more and more prone to a lascivious, immoral society, they warmed to the idea of that stuff being okay in the temple and next to the temple. And little by little, what we have done is we have created an environment where our kids are so exposed to the world that now they're listening to the so-called gods of this world. And when a preacher stands up and preaches against this stuff, they think he's crazy. Because that's not biblically true. Because they've got some, they've got some Bible scholar on Facebook that they've been allowed to follow 
who has it all figured out. And he's crafty with his words and he's a deceiver. And he can twist the scripture just enough to justify his sin. And that's all it is. It's a justification of sin. And they grow up thinking, huh. Or should I say they, they get older in age and get, get to the point where they can start thinking for themselves a little bit. And they think to themselves, huh. Uh, you know what? The preacher preaches against this. But my parents let me watch this and they let me follow this person. And they don't even know about this fake social media account that I have. And our kids are little by little getting exposed to more and more and more and more and more and more and more. And we're losing their thinking. Now, I'm not an expert on this subject, but I want you to turn your Bible to 2 Peter chapter number 2 and look at this and we've got to be done. 2 Peter chapter number 2 and look at verse number 7. Uh, let's see here. Look at verse number 6. 2 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 6. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into what? Ashes condemned them with an overthrow, making them an sample unto those that after should live what? Now wait a minute, we're going to stop right there for just a second. Hey, all of you young people and all of you adults, look at this preacher tonight. If we get to the point where we can't blush over sodomy, and we're not ashamed over that kind of sinfulness and wickedness, We're going to lose them. And, and, and you all need a preacher to stand up and tell you it's still wrong and it's still a sin. And the Bible hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. And the Bible says that a boy that's effeminate is a sin as well. Which means you can't be transgender and a boy and be right with God. doesn't work. There are two genders created by God and you don't get to choose if you're a boy, a girl, a cat, or a robot. It's not how this works. God made you the way that you are for a reason. He loves you the way that you are. And I know the kids are gone, so I'm being a little bit careful, but still saying some things I wouldn't if the kids were in here. God intended for you to have a husband and a wife and replenish the earth, and that's the only way it works. Not to adopt children and warp their minds and torture them. Torture? Yeah, torture. Because look at the next verse. And delivered just Lot. Now what does that mean, just Lot? You know, just Lot. No, it means he was justified. Lot was a saved man who was living in a wicked society by choice. And God delivered, he, de he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, and He delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Do you see that? Now we know this, this is familiar to us. We've read this, we've looked at it. But did you know that the word vex has two different meanings in those two different passages? And it's really interesting. Look at verse number 7. God delivered just Lot, saved Lot, who was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now, 
This is a passive vexing, let's put it that way. It's happening to him, he's not doing it. Are you with me? Remember, remember English and grammar and all that kind of stuff? This, this is happening to him, it's being done to him. He's allowing it, but it's being done to him. He's being vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, something that they're doing to him. All of the wickedness that is in the earth, it is being allowed into his heart and mind, and it's what they're doing to him. Now that vexed, let me find it here again, means this, to labor and wear down by toil and oppression. Are you with me? To labor and wear down by toil and oppression. What is oppression? Demonic influence and heaviness and weight and pressure. Are you with me? And by the way, can I just say, man, it's quiet tonight. Everybody's talking about Camp Calvary. Well, I happen to know that these camp meetings that we have down here are full of screaming red-hot preachers. So I hope we're excited for some screaming red-hot preaching every now and then. And I'm not even doing that tonight. I'm just educating, informing, reminding. So little by little, he's being vexed and worn down by the constant onslaught and oppression around him. Are you with me? And I want to say this. Anytime I see people taking off their clothes in the Bible, it's demonic. And God clothes people like the maniac of Gadara who was not in his right mind and was taking off his clothes because he was possessed with thousands of devils. Right? And when the children of Israel were worshiping the gods that they saw out of Egypt, they took off their clothes. Right? And when Peter got backslidden, he took off his clothes. You cannot be right with God and be swimming in a bikini. Actually, what you're doing is you're opening your self to demonic influence, among other things. And, and, and listen... You can't look at pornography and stuff without opening the doors to demonic influence in your life. And one of the reasons why people have a hard time shaking pornography and the habit of it is because it's satanic. And when the devil gets involved in your life like that, it's hard to shake. Are you listening tonight? I knew this was going to be kind of a heavy night, but I decided not to avoid it. Jeremiah is telling us about what they departed from. What did they depart from? They departed from the Lord and followed after other gods. And what were these gods? They were sexual gods. And it's what America is doing today. And then we are dumbing down the standards of our churches and trying to appease our young people while they entertain these sodomistic ideas and while they watch movies and shows and, and all of this stuff is on their social media accounts. Listen, if you young people are following anybody that posts pictures of themselves to show off parts of their body, 
you've opened the door to the devil in your life and you're going you're gonna to have a hard time shaking it. And once the devil gets involved in your thinking, he will lead you straight to where they headed, sodomy. Do you understand that one of the open doors to homosexuality is heterosexual pornography? Lust demands your attention and your desire, but it never satisfies your attention or your desire. Did you hear what I just said? Lust demands your attention and your desire, but it never satisfies your attention or your desire. So what happens is you just go deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole because you can't be satisfied the more you expose yourself to. And one thing leads to the next. And when that no longer is interesting to you anymore, that leads to the next. And that's how you get a whole bunch of pedophiles in Hollywood. I, I told you, I, I've started going down this rabbit hole about a half hour ago, and I just decided to keep going right down it. The kids are gone. It's the teenagers and the adults. And if you, if you get offended because I'm talking like this with teenagers in here, you don't even know what they know. Some of, some, and I, I mean this. Some of you precious adults in here that never got exposed to this stuff in your earlier years, praise God. And you probably think this preacher's crazy with what I'm talking to, but I wish you could see the faces of the young people I'm speaking to tonight. They know what I'm saying. I've been saying it since I got here. These tablets and phones have exposed these kids to things you can't even imagine. And when you think we've got it under control, we don't. Young people, please let this preacher help you. This is not going to end. If you don't cut off the pornography and things, it won't end. Because you'll never be satisfied. And one thing will lead to the next. And before you know it, you're looking at things you never imagined or dreamed that you would look at. Because Satan's involved and your desires will never be satisfied. And you'll just keep looking for more and more and more and more and more. It's awful heavy, isn't it? All right. So remember I said in 2 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 7 that Lot was receiving the vexation. He was being pounded upon and worn down by the world. And this is something we've got to guard against in our homes. Do not let the world's constant onslaught against your conscience wear you down to the point where your standards change with what you watch and what you allow into your home. If your standards were one way ten years ago, but they've kind of worn down over time because Disney is slowly perverting PG-13 more and more all the time, then maybe it's time to reconsider that PG-13 is where you stop. Well, as long as it's PG-13, it's okay. No, hogwash. From the pressure from the world. It wore him down. Right? Now look at verse number 8. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing. Remember we always talk about the eye gate and the ear gate. Young people, the devil knows, the prince of the power of the air knows what will get your attention. Here and here. And the words he uses in his movies and shows and music are on purpose. 
The things that are sung, it's on purpose. In seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. One is happening to him, verse number 8, he's doing it. Now it's active sin. Are you with me? Now he's the one vexing his own soul. What started as pressure, he gave in and began vexing his own soul. Now, remember the word vex in verse number 7 means different, something different. It means pressure, to wear down by labor and toil. Are you with me? Now guess what it means in verse number 8. To torture, to pain, to torment. Did you catch that? So all the pressure leads you to accept something into your life that will literally torment you. Are you with me? And now he has gone from allowing it to doing it and he's torturing himself. Last verse. I said that last time, didn't I? But I mean it this time because there aren't any more on my notes. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse number 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither what? Fornicators? nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. All the things that Hollywood is uh, glorifying today. Adultery and fornication and idolatry and all these different things, right? Well, how in the, how in the world... Will, Preacher, we'll never do that. No, but what we do is by allowing it into our lives, we let that pressure wear us down little by little until we get to the point where we're now doing some of it or watching more of it or allowing more of it and then losing them because they're seeing more of it. And then when we get to that passage where the Bible says that neither abusers of themselves with mankind. Now, we've, we've addressed this recently, but... But I want to explain to these kids in a little more detail and to you adults in a little more detail what exactly the Bible is referring to there. Now, remember the Bible says that he was being vexed, uh, uh, Lot was, and then he began, he began to vex himself. He was being vexed, pressure caused him to give in, and then he began to torture himself with the sin that he was living in. Now, what does that torture mean? Well, he's living around all of this lascivious sin to the point where we know what he did. He offered his own daughters to the men who pressed on the door to come after those angels. And he said, no, do not so to them. Take my own daughters and do, do, do so to them. Which is unfathomable to us. But again, this is where this stuff leads. You're willing to give up your children for it. Now, we get to this point where we see that the Sodomites have joined themselves to the house of God, right? And the Bible says in the New Testament 
that people have been saved out of that sin, and that sin is coupled in with adultery and fornication and, and, and with, with idolatry and revilers and drunkenness and all of these things that we know to be sin, it gets grouped into that. Look at this preacher tonight. I don't care if it's your friend or a church member's child or anybody else. If they're into sodomy, it's not okay. And here's what they're doing. They're abusing themselves. And how are they abusing themselves? They're torturing themselves. Now listen to me. They're torturing themselves mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And unfortunately, if they're involved in any acts physically. I'm not going to say any more about that. A recent study by the Newport Academy has found that LGBTQ youth were three and a half times more likely to attempt suicide as anybody else. The suicide rate among trans teens was 5.87 times higher than the average among all teens. Why? Because they're torturing themselves mentally. You're not made that way. It's not natural. It's not normal. It's not okay. And you're not created to do anything like that. And when you do, you're torturing yourself mentally. Now here's what they'll do. They call it pride and gay and transgender instead of an abomination. And they put these happy sounding terms with it to try to make you feel better about it. But God says it's wickedness. And that hasn't changed just because churches are declaring Pride Month and hanging their pretty little rainbow flags that ought to be burnt to the ground. I didn't say the people, I said the flags. I'm not one of those hateful, spiteful kind of preachers. You know, I've heard preachers say that kind of stuff. Well, we ought to ship all the gays out into a cruise liner in the middle of the ocean and paint a big red target on the side of it and send a bunch of F-15s to, to gun it down. No, I don't think so at all. I think we ought to have a heart and a compassion for people that are living in all types of sin, and I think we ought to con continue to call it sin. And if you don't call it sin and you say, well, you know, that person is just, it's okay. It's kind of like allowing the sodomites to build a house next to your church and joining up with the temple. Well, well, we'll tolerate it. It's okay. We'll tolerate that abomination in our church houses. It's fine. And so the world puts all these lovey-dovey terms to it that are totally contradictory to what the world or to what God calls it. And as a result, young people are being deceived into believing that this is a happy lifestyle. It's not a happy lifestyle. Why in the world else are they six times higher, 5.8 times higher on average to commit suicide than a regular human being? Why? because they're tortured in their minds about the, the lifestyle that they're living. They know it's not right. They know it's not natural. They know it's weird. And they're not made to do that. So when they do, they're constantly conflicted in their mind, and it eats at them. And then, instead of getting right with God, what they do is they blame all of you for not accepting them for the way they are because they're tortured in their own mind about who they are, and they need somebody to affirm for them that it's okay to make themselves feel better. That's what Pride Month is all about. It's about this wickedness 
being called happiness so that these people that are living in wickedness can feel better about the torture that they're creating in their own minds. They're vexed in their own soul. And whether they admit it or not, they are. Some more interesting statistics here. 75% of LGBTQ teens experienced symptoms of anxiety in the last year, and 61% of them experienced symptoms of depression. An NBC News report found that 40% of LGBTQ youth considered suicide last year. You're abusing yourself. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I want to encourage us to do something this evening. We need to continue to call sin, sin, and stand for what's right, and be very careful what we allow into our homes and into our children's eyes. I'm not saying if you watch Star Wars with your kids, you know, that they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna turn into this. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying even if you watch Marvel. Okay, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that a lot of this stuff, whether we know it or not, is leading back to all this false God worship that was going on all the way back then. And what happened? The kids were sacrificed as a result. We may not literally sacrifice them at the altar, but we are sacrificing their future by accepting too much of this stuff. And you young people, listen to me. Listen to this preacher. I love all of you. I'm not preaching against you. You adults, listen, please. If you know anybody in your life, if you have any children in your family, I'm not, I know. It's heartbreaking. It's grieving. But let it stay that way. Don't ever get to the point where you can't blush about it. Because it is still sin. And unfortunately, it's being dumbed down at the altars of a lot of churches while they mingle the biblical worship of God with the worship of a whole lot of other things in this society. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please help this Bible study tonight to help us to pull a little bit further away from the world as a result. Lord, help us to blush again at our sin. Help us to be ashamed and bothered again by the wickedness that's going on around us. Lord, help us please not to be accepting of the kind of sin that is only going to end up torturing us in our hearts and minds. Lord, I pray that if there are any individuals here this evening that you've convicted, I pray that you would help them to repent and get a hold of you this evening. Lord, I pray if we have any young people that have been entertaining these things or maybe softening a little bit towards it because it's a friend or it's somebody that they know and they're telling them it's okay. I pray that you'd help them through this Bible study to see that it is still wicked, it is still a sin, and they ought to separate from that stuff. Lord, I pray that you'd open our hearts and minds. Convict us, Lord. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name. Now here's what we're going to do.